Good morning, Point Way Church family. I'm glad to see you. We're doing this video this week and happy to be with you in your homes where you're at. I uh, just want to give you some announcements for what's going on in our church throughout the week. There's a lot going on this week. On Tuesday, our ladies are meeting uh, via Zoom. Um, they're doing a study. You can check with Amanda Wonders on that. She'll give you the info and the link. Also on Wednesday night from 7 to 8 p.m., Dave Wonders is meeting with our youth group. That's ages 13 through 19, so you're welcome to contact him and join that meeting. And also on Saturday, our Band of Brothers is meeting, again, via Zoom, and you can contact Band of Brothers, and they'll give you the link, and we'll meet online. We've started a new study there, and there's a lot going on. Also, I wanted to thank you for your generous giving. Um, you've responded greatly, and we really do appreciate that. As um, giving here at Pointway is still possible, you can do that at pointway.org uh, or with Square, or you can also give through the mail and send your checks in that way. And we really do appreciate uh, your giving. So I think that's it for announcements this morning. Uh, hopefully there's something that you can plug yourself into and stay connected. As always, if there's anything that you need, you can contact Pastor Charlie and, um, or the elders and let us know, and we will definitely get back to you on that. Also, I wanted to shift as we go into our prayer focus this morning. I want to use some verses from the book of Ephesians, and uh, hopefully this will help us focus our prayers, at least for today and for this moment. So Ephesians chapter 2, these verses should sound familiar. It says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift from God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. What I want to help us focus on this morning is that God has given you a gift to do a job, and he wants you to do it, and it's just for you. It's not for me, not for me to, to know the gift of someone else, but God can speak to you directly, and he wants to use you. He's already prepared something for you to do. As you'll see in a little bit when we talk in our message, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and leading. And so I want to kind of whet your appetite for that as we pray here this morning for what is it that God wants me to do next. So bow with me, please. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, we are thankful that you do want to use us. And Lord, we ask that you would make that clear to us as sometimes we don't know and we need your direction. Lord, we know that you have, maybe it's someone to reach, something to give, something that we need to be doing. Lord, we just ask that you would prompt us, that you give us the ears to hear what it is that you want us to do. And Lord, we're going to thank you in advance for what you're doing in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning again, Point Way Church family, and as we are continuing on a little bit in our series of Acts, or should I say post-resurrection, um, if you were with us last week, we looked at the church, and the, the church as it was just birthing. After Jesus had ascended, uh, his apostles had gathered together and were anointed by the Holy Spirit, um, they were in this time of transition, and we had left kind of off with the fact that they were growing in number. And they were sharing with one another, and God was adding to their number each day. Now, as you remember, the book of Acts is written by Luke, 
and uh, Luke writes it um, as a journal, but he's also writing it from a Gentile perspective. And with that, he gives us a lot of details, uh, details that help us kind of understand what's taking place. And again, that's a, we can appreciate that uh, as we're not Jewish and coming from a, a different mindset. From our, even our West, Western culture, sometimes we have a hard time understanding exactly what's going on. So they're in Jerusalem, and Peter and John are kind of stepping to the forefront in the beginning of the church. And they're speaking to the numbers and the crowds. And as God has grown them, uh, he's using them to do miracles. And many people are coming to know Christ. And so Peter just gets done healing a crippled man on their way to the temple. And that's where we kind of pick up the story. And today we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 4. Skipping over three and just skipping it over from the, the standpoint of where we were last week. But I would encourage you to go back and read that as it's leading in all those details to the healing. But I kind of want to focus on what's happening as this church is growing and what's taking place uh, around that. And the title of today's message is Being Led by the Holy Spirit. And that's a key. And I mentioned last week how important the Holy Spirit is to us today as believers, how important it was to the early church. And we need to tap into that more. And there's a lot that could be said about the Holy Spirit, but I want to just focus on a few parts today as we look through this passage in chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, follow along with me as we begin with chapter 4, verse 1. It says, The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming, in Jesus, the resurrection of the dead. Okay, I got to stop right there. Again, they are preaching, and the thing that's upsetting them most is not the fact that there's lots of people listening to them, although that plays a little factor into it. But with the Sadducees, what really trips them up is the fact that they are preaching that Jesus and the resurrection. Because you see, the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection, and that, that was a stumbling block for them. And they were the ones that would teach against this. And so not only are they teaching and having people come to them, but they're also teaching something that they did not believe in. And so they gathered the temple guards, again, for the purpose of interrogating them and arresting them. And again, they're proclaiming Jesus. So in verse 3, they seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail under until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. Interesting enough here, they, they seize them in, later on in the day in the evening. And again, that forces them to, to hold them overnight a little bit longer. When I was a police chaplain, I would be the police department. The worst time to get arrested would be like a Friday afternoon or evening. Because if you did that, then you have to spend the whole weekend waiting for a judge uh, to hear your case to even set bail or anything like that. And so you'd have to spend the weekend in jail. And sometimes, purposefully, the police would kind of set people up that way uh, to hold them over the weekend, either for their protection or for the protection of others. So timing here is important. Although if you contrast this with Jesus, when they arrested him, remember, they didn't, it didn't matter the, the fact that it was late in the evening. They were in such a rush and really, that trial was already predetermined. They already knew that he was guilty. 
But this one, they're in a fact-finding mission. And so they hold Peter and John overnight. And so that timing is, is interesting as well. And notice here, Luke interjects, though, that people kept believing and that the number kept growing. In fact, it says the men numbered about 5,000. Again, uh, in Jewish thinking, they would count men. And again, men came as units. And, and these men were of age that were married. So again, not, it wasn't just men that were coming, but whole families. Some estimate the numbers to be more like 20,000 people. But in either way, the number is growing. The church is growing, despite now even persecution from the temple and those that are in charge. Great things are happening. Again, all after the Holy Spirit. Verse 5, we read on in this story. It says, The next day the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Ananias, the high priest, was there, and so was Caprius, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest family. <clears throat> they had Peter and John brought to them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? All right, key question, right? They're trying to determine that the miracles taking place and what is the source. And again, this was key because depending on what you named as the source would determine your outcome your, or your verdict. If you did it in your own strength and you didn't give God the credit, you could be taken out to the city gates and stoned. So it was a very important question, and determining that was, was key. And so they've, they've questioned them. And look at Peter's response here. He was filled with the Holy Spirit when he said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called into account for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. And this man stands before you healed. It's an amazing statement here. Again, Peter is, is putting it out there. He's being very bold in his statement. He's being, the words are being given to him by the Holy Spirit. That's what it says here in the scripture. And again, we know this to be true. And again, he puts it out there that it is Jesus Christ, the one who has been resurrected, the one that you persecuted, the one that you killed. Again, that had to be hard to hear. Again, they know what's taking place. They know the order of events. But yet they can't deny the fact that there's a miracle that's taken place. A man now is walking who for years upon years has been crippled. And it's an amazing story. And I like the fact that the Holy Spirit is the one that gives Peter the words. And sometimes, I don't know if you've been in this situation, I've been in this situation that I don't know what to say. Yes, I know that's hard to believe. Pastor Charlie not knowing what to say. But I've walked into many situations and I've literally not known what to say. And God's given me the words. And again, it's nothing that I had pre-planned or thought or even all the training. But God's given me those words. And I'm trusting that I'm sure at times you've had that happen to you. You've spoken words. You're not even sure where it came from. And God's used that in someone else's life. That is the power of the Holy Spirit speaking. And again, I think we, we lack in tapping into that. So many times God wants to use us. In fact, sometimes he gives us the words and we kind of hold back. 
We don't let the Holy Spirit take place. We don't let the Holy Spirit use us. But here's one of those examples where Peter is speaking those words. And again, they're pretty harsh in many ways. They're claiming the resurrection of Jesus. They're claiming him the credit for doing it. Again, that's just confirmation that Jesus was, in fact, God himself. And so we have that here all in that one statement. And again, the resurrection, the importance of that. Next verse says, He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Capstone. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Interesting here, Peter uses the very same scriptures that they would have known. He quotes part of Psalm 118.22. Jesus used this same psalm in his teaching to the disciples. And again, he goes back and says, Peter says, salvation is found in no one else. Right? Only Jesus. It's so central to the gospel, Right? It's not many ways to heaven. It's not many ways to salvation. There's only one way, and that is found through Jesus Christ. And the fact that Peter puts that out there, again, should have stirred their hearts. In fact, it's interesting, too, that the Holy Spirit, in this instance, in Peter's words, is not only for those that are around him, the disciples and those that were believing, but at this point, he's sitting before people who are against him. He's basically in pre-trial mode, and he's preaching the gospel to them. Again, through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's given in them. Now look at the response. This is interesting, the response of these men. Again, they're not for Peter and John. They're, they're very much against them. But look at their response. Verse 13, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note of these men that they had been with Jesus. I love this. In the power of the Holy Spirit, they are courageous. But from the outward appearance, they are just ordinary, plain men. There's nothing special, right? These guys are just fishermen. Yes, they've been with Jesus. They've been discipled. Again, remember Peter, right? He's the one that denied Jesus. Yes, John was loved, but John had no special training. Here they are sitting amongst the educated, the the brightest of the bright, the ones that knew the scriptures, and they're talking with that power. And it's even amazing them that these ordinary men are speaking this way. And so it says they took note. Verse 14. Now what are they going to do with this, right? What's next? Verse 14 says, But since they could see the men who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then to confer together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle, and we cannot deny it. But to stop the thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men not to speak no longer to anyone else in his name. Right? They're talking about the name of Jesus. So again, they, they send Peter and John out of the room. They have this big discussion, and they don't know what to say. They can't deny the miracle. They cannot deny what, what they've seen with their very own eyes. 
They can't even deny the crowds that have formed because they see what's taken place. And that's their job. Their job is to determine where this miracle comes from and what to do next. And so they're kind of at a loss. And in order to save some face here, I think this is why this last verse 17 is in there. We're just going to tell them not to speak on, on this to anyone about this Jesus guy. We're going to try to silence them. We're going to try to hold them back a little bit. Again, not denying the miracle, but try to keep them from drawing people to Jesus. So then, as the story goes on, he brings them back in. So then they called on, on them and again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Now I've heard this statement used a lot. Again, it's better to serve God than man. And that is an absolutely true statement. But I would want to caution you to make sure that that statement or that belief before you do something, A, is truly from God, B, is led by the Holy Spirit, and C, doesn't go against Scripture. See, I think those things are important uh, before we just pull that out and use that as a blanket. Well, God told me to do this. Well, if it goes against God's word, then it wasn't from God. If it goes against the Holy Spirit, and it's with our own selfish ambition, that's not from God. So we have to be really careful with that. And again, in this time that we live in, I hear even among Christians, there's some of that stirring. And we have to be careful. Again, there are other scriptures that we need to look at as well. Right? We need to submit to the authorities that God's placed above us. And again, in this instance, the only thing they were asking them was not to preach in Jesus' name. And of course, they said, no, we can't do that. We're not going to stop speaking about that. We're not going to stop speaking about all the things that we've seen. Remember, they've seen Jesus on the cross. They've seen him rise again. They've seen the resurrection. They can't help themselves, really, at this point. And they don't want to. They want to preach the gospel. They know the power. They know the changing of their lives. They know how they see how it changes other people's lives. So again, remember, our, our government today is not asking us not to preach the gospel. And that's not the only case, but we need to be careful when we look at that and use this passage for that. We need to use the whole counsel of Scripture. And so I stick that in there, especially today in today's world and what we're dealing with. Now let's read a little bit more about what takes place, because it's important to to get the whole story here. Um, We're not going to go all through chapter 4, but I want to highlight a few more things as we look down through it. So again, they've released Peter and John, and they've told them, and they've kind of done their response. Verse 21, we pick up the story again. It says, After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them, because of all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Again, that's the 40 years old is interesting just from the proof standpoint that it wasn't something that just happened recently. It's someone that was well-known, and it was someone that was older. Um, but again, they don't know what to do, and so they release them. Verse 23, on the release, Peter and John go back to their own people and report to, the, to them what all the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, 
they raised their voices together in prayer to God. And again, I'm not going to read all of the prayer, but it's interesting that when they go back to the others and they tell them what's take place, they break out in praise. It says they lift their voices in, in prayer, again, in thanksgiving to God. They've seen even another miracle from the believer's standpoint here. Yes, they saw the man who was miraculously healed, but more importantly, they've seen two ordinary men stand up to the powers that be and how God's protected them. Unlike Jesus, who was crucified, they were released. And again, the words that they were spoken, they were just, that's all that was, the punishment was, don't speak on this. And they said, we're going to follow God in this matter. We are going to keep speaking the truth. So now, I want to take us down a little bit further in the story. And again, you can certainly read through that prayer, and I would encourage you to do that this week as well. Um, There's a lot of scripture in there. Again, Peter and John are using the scriptures, um, especially from the Old Testament, for the believers here, because many of them are Jewish. And again, it just all confirms Jesus and who he was. Dropping down, it says, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Again, part of their prayer here is that they'll just be even more bold. And that's a prayer that we could pray as well, right? To be more bold in our faith. How many times do we kind of, for lack of a better term, we wuss out? Right? We know God's prompting us. We, hear, we feel that Holy Spirit inside of us saying, hey, you need to go and share with that person. You need to share your testimony. You need to share what Christ has done. Right? And I call it, sometimes we wuss out. We don't do that. We don't take the next step. And we don't share. Either through our fear or our own insecurities. But we need to. And maybe we need to pray this prayer. Hey, Lord, make us bold. Maybe we be bold in our testimony. And we push past those things. Again, I think sometimes we let the Holy Spirit, we, 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 we squunch it down, we don't use it, or we just ignore it. Sometimes we even hit the override button, and we let fear get in the way. So I want to encourage you there, pray this prayer, that you'll be bold in your speech, that you'll be bold in sharing. Again, the signs, again, the, the apostles knew they were giving credit to Jesus in this. Verse 31. I love the response. This is what happens. It says, after they prayed, the place, where they, the place that they were praying, were meeting in, was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. They asked for boldness, and God answered and gave them boldness. There's also the fact that it, it shook, you know. There was just so much power there. They gave him that, that boldness. I love that, how God answers prayer. And God always does answer our prayers. We never want to forget that, right? God answers it in three ways. Yes, no, or wait. But he always answers. And we just need to listen to the Holy Spirit in that. And I want to end today's time with the Scriptures And this last part, and this may sound a little familiar because guess what? It is familiar in the fact that the Holy Spirit is at work. Remember, the church is still young at this point. The church is still growing. And uh, if you were with us last week and when we read chapter 2, 
This will sound a little bit similar, but this is what was continuing to go day after day after day. Verse 32 says, All the believers were one in heart and mind. That means that there was unity. There was unity among the, the believers. They were acting as one complete body. They were being bold in their testimony. They were sharing with others. In fact, we see that. It says here, it says, No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. And with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. That's a great sentence, right? They were preaching with such great power that grace was abounding that much more. Grace was upon them. They were in this time. God was giving, allowing them to reach thousands of people. There were miracles happening, but just the unity in the body. I always say that's a miracle in and of itself, just for any church body to keep unity. It's, and, and these days, it's especially tough. We know that struggle here at Pointway, just staying connected, staying unified. But God can do that. The Holy Spirit can do that. He wants to do that. Verse 34, some of that outpouring, some of the things that happened just because of what the people were seeing God do. It says, there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them and brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone as he had need. Isn't that amazing? People were so moved and so led by the Holy Spirit, they were willing to sell their possessions and just, you know what, we trust you. We're going to give it to you, apostles, and you distribute as there is need. Right? That freedom, you know, that freedom in worship to give, the freedom in trusting that their leaders were going to use it wisely. And again, there was no one with any needs. Didn't say wants, but it did say needs. Right? Food, clothing, shelter, those are all needs. And God was supplying that and, and moving people's hearts to give. Again, all this outpouring from the Holy Spirit. And, in, and they just kept adding to their number. You can read the rest of the chapter. talks about one of my, my favorites. And yes, Pastor Charlie has a favorite. It talks about Barnabas. And again, he's going to become an important person later on. In the story of Acts, and I'd love to encourage you to continue reading on in Acts um, as the church is growing and getting larger uh, and reaching more and more people. And it's not without problems. There are struggles and problems even in the early church, just as there are in today's church. But I truly believe that if we listen to the Holy Spirit and that we use the guidance of the Holy Spirit, God will add to even our number and that we will be a unity, a unified body of believers. Bow with me, please. Gracious Heavenly Father, I do thank you for our church here at Point Way. I thank you for the greater church at large, Lord, and that, Lord, we can be unified even though we meet in separate places. And even this morning where we're meeting um, in different homes and different locations, Lord, that the Holy Spirit that's in you is in me that connects us together. Oh, Lord, may we be bold. May we be filled with boldness and share the good news. 
that we share the good news that you did die on the cross for our sins and that you were buried and that you rose again so that we may be saved. And that's found in no one else but you, dear Jesus. Lord, I pray for our church family that you would just continue to watch over us, continue to protect us, continue to be with us. And Lord, give us guidance in the days to come. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, Pointway Church family. And remember, we love you and we're praying for you until we see you again. Goodbye.